Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly podcast about life, death, and rebirth. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm so sorry that this episode is late. Um, I got back from a road trip uh, and then uh, had to like went back out on the road. <laughs> so I, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind few days, but, uh, normally this episode would have been out on Friday, but it's coming out Monday, better late than never. And, um, you get two episodes this week because monthly medicine for February will be out in just a few days, which I kind of can't believe we're already in February. Um, it's pretty crazy. Um, so, um, just a couple of things before we get to this lesson episode. Um, Trauma in the Tarot is still up and available for purchase. It's $44. Um, so far, so many people have taken the leap, said yes. Um, I've been getting emails from people telling me it's literally transformed their lives. It's really wonderful. I'm really uh, honored to be able to put it out. If you are looking for a way to utilize tarot for self-care and anchoring and resourcing around difficult emotions and trauma, um, this offering is really for you. And if you're looking for a way to begin to see tarot from a different perspective, um, for a kind of a healing tool, this is also for you. So you can purchase it on my website and I'm more than happy to, uh, you know, be that guide <laughs> if you are resonating with that. Um, and the other thing, this is like a sneak peek announcement. Um, I forget what I sometimes say in here and have Swiss cheese for brains sometimes, but, um, I think I've mentioned that my eight week tarot pod or eight week tarot course, tarot for the wild soul, um, which is the giant eight week uh, online tarot immersion that I offer once a year is actually going to be happening during the spring. So enrollment for that is going to open up in a little bit over two weeks, but on February 1st, which, you know, is coming and there'll be another announcement about it, um, in monthly medicine, we are going to be launching the website and we are going to be, um, sharing that with everybody. And, uh, we are also going to be opening up scholarship applications on February 1st. So if you are an at-need person, um, Tarot for the Wild Soul is $397. You'll be able to see what that gets you. Um, if you are a person who's at-need, if that is out of your budget, even with a um, payment plan, and there are a couple payment plans for the course, um, we want to make it possible for you to take part. And this year we're doing... Um, quite a few more scholarships than we did last year. Last year we did 22. This year we're doing 30. So um, as much uh, like if you are an at-need person, we want to make it possible for you to take this course. So if you've been looking for something to foster your growth as a tarot reader, um, for something to take you deeper, for something to help clear fear-centered definitions, this is definitely for you. And uh uh, we will be announcing the, again, the website the page. It'll all be live on my website. It's a secret right now. Um, but well, not a secret. Just if I tell you the website, you'll go and see it while it's still under construction. So I'm not going to share the website yet, but you'll be able to see it in a few days. <laughs> um, okay. 
this episode um, is entitled Intuition in the Tarot. And it's essentially a little mini, um, well, I don't know how mini it will be, but it's a primer guide on how to start expanding your intuition with your tarot deck. And for some people, it might be like, oh, well, duh. That's like, that's the whole point, tarot and intuition. But that's not actually true. You don't have to be psychic to use the tarot. And you certainly um, don't need to identify as an intuitive to have the tarot work through you. It's archetype. It's a set of symbols. And you may be someone or someone may be someone, therapist or someone who might not at all subscribe to being an intuitive person or a psychic person might be using the tarot for any number of reasons. And that's absolutely okay. Intuition and the tarot are not necessarily synonymous with each other. And as a teacher, guide, a mentor, I have gotten literally thousands of questions from people about how to begin to expand their intuition with the tarot and what that looks like, what it means. And this episode is going to show you a little bit about how to do that. So first of all, everyone is intuitive. And I know that for some people it's like, yeah, you say that, but, but I really mean it. You're intuitive. Everybody is born with intuition. Everyone is also born with big old loud brains that help to keep us alive and that shout. And intuition is a whisper. It's a faint it's a knowing and we can get really attached sometimes to the idea of like, do I hear? Do I see? Do I perceive? What Clara am I? And I encourage you to, with all respect for that and delight in that because it's so fun to think about that kind of thing. But I do encourage you to gently kind of see yourself placing it in a box and putting it on a shelf for this conversation because Sometimes questions like that, well, I'm not hearing my intuition, I'm not seeing anything, um, tend to foster this kind of brain-centered, mind-centered um, uh, like idea that we should, that intuition is a straight line, that it's linear, that every time we ask, we're going to hear or see or going to have this solid response from spirit. Um, and unfortunately that's not true. <laughs> um, and there are all different kinds of ways that spirit speaks to us, uh, or our higher self, whatever you want to call that. And sometimes trying to label intuition is a little bit like trying to kind of, um, clip the wings on a butterfly. You are, um, and yes, I'm talking to you like the person who thinks I'm not talking to them, I'm talking to you more than I am, maybe like the next person. Um, you are so much more intuitively than a set of Claire's. And for anyone who's like, what the fuck are Claire's? Google them and you'll find out perfectly and in great detail what the Claire's are. But short story, the Claire's are a kind of... Um, short term for a way of perceiving invisible information, 
possibly from the spirit realm. So a couple of examples of quote, Claire's are clairaudient. And these are people who can hear messages. And um, if we go deeper with clairaudience, we can hear maybe music and think like, oh, wow, Bruce Springsteen. And then that can lead us somewhere. Clairvoyance is the ability to have sight. So sometimes clairvoyance can show up in our ability to see corporeal spirit people, ghosts. Um, sometimes in our mind's eye, we can see something happening with someone, to someone, to ourselves, in our lives. Um, another example is clairsentience, where we just sort of know. It's not a hearing, it's not a seeing, it's kind of in the middle where we have a knowing. Um, and there are so many more clairs. Um, but uh, before there's a wild attachment to like, what am I? Um, you're not any of them because everyone's a little bit of something. Everyone, not everyone might see ghosts. Not everyone is a medium necessarily, but um, you may in fact have your own version of clairvoyance. And it's really important to let the intuitive nature that is within you show itself to you. Um, in my time as a reader, um, I've watched as people have kind of come and gone who, um, you know, need to have a lot of like labels on their intuitive ability. And I think that that's really beautiful because it can help to specify. But I also watch with those people as like the labels change over the years. And that's not to say, oh, they're faking it. They're changing it. That's actually to say that that's what happens is that we, as we grow, as we change, we might realize like, you know, I kind of thought that I had a gift in this area, but I'm actually realizing I really wanted to have a gift in that area. And I'm not, it feels harder to connect with that area than I thought I did. But in this area, I'm so solid. It's crazy all the time. And that's really where we can start knowing as we refine and mature and grow kind of how we connect to that inner knowing whether we're seeing, hearing, perceiving, smelling, whatever it might be. So it's a very long-winded way of saying you are intuitive. And if we can step beyond the level one ego kind of controlled way of wanting to know how we hear spirit, then we can move into the fun, the wildishness of it, where we can say, I'm going to sit back and I'm just going to connect imperfectly. And then I'm going to see how life communicates back to me. What happens to me? Do I see numbers? Do I have coincidences? Do I have people that I run into? Do things just happen? Do I have a knowing? Do I hear Are my dreams affected? Like, did I ask a question, but I didn't hear anything. And then I turned around and there was a message on the back of a bus. All of that is spirit. And it is just as valid as the world's clearest intuitive channeling from like your seventh grandparent once removed. I promise you, it is just as valid, just as important, and just as potent as that. And like any muscle, intuition is something that as you build it, as you use it, it will grow. And part of the beauty of really taking away expectations, comparison, needing to label ourselves intuitively, opens us up to actually building a relationship with spirit that is beyond category. Being able to say, you know, I perceive, you know, and can be open in any realm, whether it's sight, knowing, whatever it is, 
um, being able to just be open in a multitude of different ways will really expand our capacity to be in touch with the higher realms. And um, again, you are already intuitive. How the intuition unfolds in you, what kind of form it desires to take, that remains to be seen. And by the way, that is the piece that most people want to give away because they need to know what kind of intuitive they are in order, or rather, um, instead of exploring it and finding out along the way. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about how we can begin to build that with our decks. And, um, I just want to remind everyone that, um, part of the divine tension, like kind of, it's not something to overcome. It's actually part of the deal that when we, you know, we, again, we have these kind of like two channels that exist in us. And one of them is intuition and it's the connection to the soul, which is the truth of us and the part of us that, wants to actively be evolving, wants to keep growing, wants to keep seeking. And everyone's soul path legacy is, is their own. It's as unique as your fingerprint and yet carries and travels with you through multitudes of lifetimes. So there's a lot of beauty there. Um, and we also have this kind of other channel, which is the brain that's very loud and very bossy. And it's very easy to mistake one for the other. Um, it's also very hard because intuition is very, very, very formless. Even when it's loud in your ear or it's very clear in your eyes, um, you'd be surprised. It's really easy to be like, well, I imagine that that's probably my brain when it's really like, it's so clearly guides or inner voice or angels or whatever, or, you know, higher knowing, whatever you want to call that, um, whatever you label and whatever you have a relationship with intuitively. Um, and if you don't have any relationship yet, that's okay. Um, really you get to kind of explore and see what makes sense for you. Nobody knows any better than you. Um, cause perception is really important. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that brain noise and that divine dance between brain and intuition, um, that's actually kind of how we build intuition. That a lot of the time when we check in, tune in, ask a question, um, we can first bounce into the membrane of the brain talk um, where the brain can be like, yes, no, don't do that. And then it's part of our job to not stop there, but to keep a really open, curious heart and investigate and then bring it back to our knowing. And that does kind of look like an infinity loop when we do it. So there can be a lot of beauty there when we actually understand that we don't need to be meditated and we don't need to have a completely silent brain in order to access and perceive intuition, which is just simply a message from the truth of you. The brain is not always uh, a reflection of the truth. Feelings are not always facts. Thoughts are not necessarily true. It doesn't mean that we can't deeply honor our feelings nor sh like feelings are very important to honor. The process of honoring our feelings actually can bring us into the truth. Sometimes we need to have a giant cry. We need to express our rage um, in a healthy way in order to get to, oh, actually, I'm just so hurt. And this doesn't have anything to do with this person. This 
you know, friend or asshole or whoever triggered me, it actually has to do with like something that happened to me when I was a little kid. And the fact that I have a hard time trusting or the, you know, the fact that like I have trauma in this area. And now because of this trigger, I get the opportunity to get a little closer, a little bit more intimate with my little one. Um, that is the way that we can connect brain chemistry to intuition is that brain chemistry often offers us the covering over the truth and we get to discover and explore that in order to go um, within and underneath it. Thoughts, not always true. How can we tell the difference? One kind of quick and dirty way that my teacher taught me a long time ago and that deserves my teacher, Michelle Sine, um, taught me was that if it's um, doomsday, if it's you should, you ought to, uh, if you don't do this X, Y, Z, it's never spirit, ever. It's always the brain. Only the brain can kind of generate fear-based predictions like that. Spirit it's always an invitation. It's usually very quiet. Sometimes it's very loud, but the quality of loud is really different than the brain. And usually it's a knowing. And how can we begin to trust our intuition? There's no hard and fast way to begin to say like, oh, now I trust. It's a spiralic process where we trust a little bit. Usually we're very contracted. Usually it brings up a lot of stuff. Um, Brain chemistry and intuition also go hand in hand because if we're honoring the intuition um, and if we're kind of on our soul path in a way that like is actually great, the brain can get very, um, very threatened and it can have a tendency to bring up all kinds of different fear-based thoughts and stresses and traumas in order to kind of invite us back into what we know or it can bring forward like some chaotic experience or, you know, there can be an invitation or a test of some kind, even though God doesn't really test, but, um, there can be invitations that come up in order for us to practice, um, doing, uh, choosing what's in our highest and best or not choosing what's in our highest and best. And then being able to say, uh, that's okay. I'll recenter, you know, I'll make amends. I'll do what I have to do to not betray myself again. Um, so a lot of the time, a lot of the time when we're working with the idea of intuition and brain chemistry, um, we can't speak of one without speaking of the other because it is very natural to experience a lot of brain chemistry when we're actually right on with our soul work and our intuitive work. Um, which is why any teacher worth their salt is uncomfortable all the time. <laughs> and it doesn't mean there's not joy, um, but the recognition that contraction is a really important part of this work, um, it is always yielding to expansion. So that's another way that we can look at intuition. It really moves spiralically. It's not linear. Um, the way we hear, perceive our wisdom is not going to be the same every time. Um, and how we tune in is not going to be the same every time. So with intuition, we can really start by simply asking our 
guides, which, um, from what I understand from my own practices and, um, my work with my teacher, um, what is true for me in my experience and what, um, you know, is that they're beings who've never lived and who exist to guide us and help us. Um, that's been true in my experience with guides. Um, we can have a connection to angels, to angelic realms. We can feel like we have connections to God, to Jesus, to Mother Mary. We can feel extreme connection to goddesses or gods or to um, beings that have shown themselves to us that have a name that guide us. Um, we can also call those beings our guide. And that's okay. When we speak of like guides with a capital G, we're kind of talking about the council that really surrounds everyone that's always available to each individual person if they're willing to ask for it. Um, it this is a free will universe. So you have to ask in order to hear. They're not going to intercede for the most part unless we start asking. Some of us came into this world with... Um, spirit on blast or ghosts on blast and we have to kind of turn the volume down to survive and then figure out how to work with the volume so that it is still uh, aligned for us that's very common um, no matter what though it's a free will universe so for example I have a family member who came was born able to see ghosts and it was a horrible very scary experience for them and uh, it continued until they were a teenager. And at a certain point they said, not even realizing the power behind those words, I never want to see any of these again. And from that day, they never did. And still to this day, they have not seen anything um, because it's a free will universe. And if you say no, it will obey. And if you say, yes, come on in, infuse into every part of my life. I want to have a relationship with you. They're going to say, oh, finally, Thank fucking God we're here for you. So some people listening to this might not be, um, might not believe in any sense of a God, what, or spirit or angels or whatever, your inner voice, that deep higher self that you have is a direct transmission to all of the wisdoms and mysteries of the universe. And that's another thing. We cannot have any connection to the idea of like, guides, people, angels. We can want to connect with nature. We can want to connect with great spirit, with the universe, with, you know, there are so many ways for us to connect. Don't look at your neighbor or to me or to any other motherfucker and be like, oh, who should I be praying to? You just roll. Let your relationship develop and let all the grief that maybe has um, been in the middle of you connecting with this organic sense of spirituality or connection with yourself or higher self um, connection, let that grief come up. Because for some of us, you know, we were born with a very intimate connection to something spiritual. And then we were indoctrinated with religion. And for some people, religion was the thing that opened them up. So there's really no bad or wrong here. There's also no right. Um, what we really just want to keep in mind is like people on the planet, there are all different kinds of guides. There's all different kinds of people, um, passed on people, um, 
guides, angels, there's uh, beings that are of highest and best, and then there are beings that are decidedly not in highest and best for us. Um, so there's languaging that we want to bring to that. And we're going to start talking about that in a moment. But in general, if you're someone who deeply desires to expand your intuition, to begin to connect with your counsel, with your higher self, all you need to do is start with asking them to start talking to you. When you go to the convenience store or to your local cafe, um, check in, start noticing tea or coffee today, start paying attention, notice how you receive your yeses and your noes. Do you get them in your body? Do you get them in a tingle? Do you get them in a drop or a swoop? Um, is there something that comes through in your ear? Is it more like in your eye? Do you understand? Is there a smell? Like you, it's your own blueprint. And the more you start asking the questions, the more clear it will start to become. Um, it's completely normal if you have no fucking clue what you're doing or if you're hearing anything, you probably won't be able to perceive for a little while. Um, some of us, it takes a little while. Um, it's the hardest to hear our own wisdom. It's uh, actually easier. It was easier for me when I started to read for other people. It's like their guides came through like plain English, full on right away. Um, for me, took a little longer. <laughs> so it's really important to understand and respect that about yourself and know that your intuitive connection is a relationship, one of the most precious in your life that you get to foster over your lifetime. So there's really no rush. Um, what does tarot have to do with this? So it takes me back to my conversation about there being all different kinds of spirit beings up there, not all of them being in alignment for us. So we have to fold in um, the drop-in. And dropping in is an opportunity for us to essentially say, whether we're using tarot or not, I would like to draw in and connect with my guides of uh, highest and best, my well ancestors, my uh, council um, all those who walk with me in wisdom and who have my highest and best in mind. Um, we could say if we're using kind of outdated languaging, like quote the light, and that's really like, um, kind of not the deal. It's not really about light and dark. It's really about, um, in highest and best or not. So, um, if you're familiar with that phrasing, like guides of light, um, it's important to evolve that and update that to something way more, um, respectful and inclusive of both your guides and other people on the planet. <laughs> so, um, and I'll take a moment to say we have well ancestors and we have unwell ancestors. We have ancestors who have not done their work yet. We don't want to invite all the ancestors in. We want to specifically say well. And if we're um, casting a net and saying I am available, my, you know, a perfectly beautiful drop in is um, I want, I want and desire to open my channel to all beings that guide me in my highest and best good that support my soul journey in this lifetime. Um, I desire to hear, perceive, and be communicated with my guides um, that are in highest and best for me, my well ancestors, any angelic beings that want to come through, um, and most importantly, to make contact um, and have intimate connection with my higher self in this moment. That is 
an example of a drop-in that I have done before every reading. And I change the uh, languaging of it sometimes to include the tarot. So I will add to that. Um, and may every card I pull be in highest and best for myself or my client, depending on who I'm reading for. Um, may the reading be of highest service. And may um, each card reflect wisdom from that space of highest and best. Which leads me to the biggest thing about intuition and the tarot. The tarot is very similar to intuition in that you can kind of pull on anything, anything. Like tarot, um, if you're not asking for it to be a reflection of your soul's truth and your highest and best good, it might be, uh, but it also might not be. And you might get answers that actually are not your truth. It's really important to ask and to begin to draw a net. This drop-in will also help anyone who feels like their energy leaks during readings or they feel like um, they're trying too hard or they're exhausted after readings. Um, sometimes that has to do with the season of our life about, you know, we have a finite amount of energy. Um, but a lot of the time it's because we haven't learned to cast that sacred net to be able to say, I am available for connection from these beings from this part of me, and I am unavailable for anything outside of that realm. It makes it way easier for us to be vessels for whatever wants to come through. Um, the tarot is an incredible tool. Obviously, I am like, this is like a duh situation. It's a majorly powerful tool to expand intuition because if you are dropping in before you're pulling cards, it will reflect back to you, the tarot will, the wisdom of your guides. If you can't hear your guides, perceive your guides, guides will use the tarot. It will guide your hand. I'm being completely serious. Your higher self will guide your hand and you will pull differently and you will begin to see, question, perceive the cards in a really different energy than you normally would because it's coming from the best part of you. It's coming from an energy that loves, supports, and appreciates your um, your life path here on earth. Guides, you know, when we hear from our guides and from our higher self, you know, we could be on the verge of doing um, the shittiest thing, the most destructive thing. The brain will tell you, you better not do that. You're going to get punished. Guides will say, yeah, you know, there's an easier and graceful way to do this, but whatever you have to do, whatever you got to do, they know that time is really flexible. We have multiple, many lifetimes to do this stuff. The communication from guides is different. It can really help to soften our nervous systems. It can really help to bring us into um, spaces where we can hear and when we are dropping in before pulling cards and utilizing kind of that little script, man, draw in um, all energies, all essences, all guides, including myself in this body um, that are in highest and best for me, may my cards reflect that highest and best so that I can be guided on my journey. Uh, whatever language you want to use, don't frantically try to copy that down. You can if you want to, but I made that up for myself so you can just do your own thing because 
if I made it up for me, then that proves that you can make it up for you. Um, and I encourage you to do that because autonomy is the, the, the best, you know, um, the more we're doing that, the more it refines our card pulls and the more we will start to strengthen our intuitive channel through the medicine of the cards, which if we are someone who doubts our intuition, if we have a lot of, um, trouble, um, trusting what we hear, trusting what we pull, what we perceive, um, if we are really working with some buckwild brain chemistry and we really want to expand and explore more of this idea of um, seeing proof, the tarot is it, baby. It's very, very useful. Now, it's lovely and uh, recommended that you do not ask the tarot um, yes, no questions. But if we are coming to our tarot deck, being able to say, you know, what is in my highest and best to know right now? May I have a message from my guides, a communication from my higher self, a wonderful way that we can um, begin to foster a deeper connection with our higher selves is if we come to our deck when we're upset, which I recommend 100% of the time to come to your deck, not when you feel clean, but when you feel messy. Um, to be able to say to it, um, to yourself and to it, I'm feeling like jealous, competitive. I hate this person and I feel like they hate me and I feel like nobody likes me. And, um, what is the message and the medicine from my higher self around this? What's actually the truth? If you pull something that comes from the higher self, it will really change the way that you look at the message. Um, it will really change the way that you take in what you're told. Um, and again, taking the time to drop in and to do a truly intuitive tarot poll. Um, you don't need to be a fucking psychic to do this because again, intuition has to be cultivated. It's like muscle. It has to be worked on. Um, and I'll say that I've had the honor of teaching many very gifted psychic channelers in my time. And they're sometimes not always the most, uh, intuitive readers because, um, their messages will often override the cards. And some people aren't even meant to be working with cards and usually they know who they are. They're just not drawn to them. Um, but for some of us, the tarot is really, 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 the perfect vehicle to bring life and aliveness or reflection to something that we may feel as a little bit more murky without an anchor of some kind. And the way that we can really do that is the drop-in because without the drop-in really asking for the medicine and the wisdom for our higher self to come through that card, we may just be getting any old thing. If we just call in ancestors, we don't know who we're being communicated with. Not all ancestors are of highest and best. They're not all well. So it's very important to call in the well ancestors, to call in the guides of highest and best, aligned guides, guides who walk and serve us. So the tarot is um, essentially a map for the whole human experience. It's an experience both of heavenly and earthly 
of holy and mundane, of really hard, harsh contractions and wildly delicious expansions. The majors are all about the macrocosmic evolutionary energies. The minors are all about the microcosmic earthly, um, you know, um, digging in the dirt, doing our work, that kind of energy. The quartz are like high auric medicine. And, you know, all that way of understanding the tarot is not terribly different from what other people have said, but the specifics of that were, they came to me through my guides. Because once you start dropping in and understanding, then you start to develop and channel and understand your own card meanings. Then certain cards mean something different for you. And then once we begin to really get more intimate with our tarot deck, we can have full pictures come through intuitively. But really, for folks who struggle with trusting their intuition, the practice of going to your tarot deck every day, tuning in with it, dropping in with it, asking for specific guidance that's in your highest and best, then pulling a card that matches and reflects your guide's wisdom for that day or your higher self's wisdom for that day will 100% transform your tarot practice. And tarot can really help because again, not everybody can go right to hearing, seeing, perceiving, um, without a tool. Um, some people use pendulums. Tarot is what we're talking about today. So I highly encourage you to begin to think more deeply about how you can kind of get out of your own way as an intuitive and let that bloom within you. Um, never compare yourself to another person who is an intuitive. If they are like helping the police, finding things, knowing people's names, like that's an extraordinary gift and you're no more or less intuitive than that person because that person may not have any sense about um, when something very specific comes up for them, what it's bringing them, the medicine or the lesson. Some people have to move through. Uh, everybody has their own mastery, which is really, really cool because again, true intuition is really connected to the soul purpose. Um, so, not all of us are meant to do deep channeling sessions around plant medicine. Not all of us are meant to do, not all of us are born mediums. And knowing that will allow us to respect the gifts of others while also respecting our own gifts. So there's a lot of beauty there, but tarot is such an amazing tool. And believe it or not, there can be a lot of assumption about this. We're not necessarily always expanding intuition with the tarot. We don't have to be. Tarot is just a reflection tool. It can just be that we pull a card, we journal, it helps bring us back into our center. We don't always have to pray over the tarot. We don't always channel with the tarot, but you can. And this episode is a little bit about how you can start doing it. So this was a little bit, this was a bitty. This was a mini app. Um, but I think juicy enough to help people really shift and try new things with this idea. And I wanted to just offer a little primer on this idea. Um, I hope you liked it and I hope you have a beautiful few days and I'll catch you, um, very early Friday morning, uh, with a brand new monthly medicine. And until then, take care of yourselves. Bye.